Comfort leads to complacency. So if somebody just knows what works and they're gonna check the box, they're gonna take your account, they're gonna cram it into a cookie cutter solution because that's how you do law or manufacturing. Um, but really diversity of client book leads to innovation. Uh, and what we're finding is we have found strategies that we use in travel that works in manufacturing. And so we were able to repurpose and re-envision it and re refocus it, which has been really powerful that you wouldn't get from somebody that just does very siloed industry-specific management. Welcome to Tractionville, the podcast for companies running on EOS. I'm your host, Chris White, along with Benj Miller. And we are really excited today to welcome uh, Tyler Dolph and Nicole Menneke, um, uh, our newest sponsor, a uh, uh, big, big supporter of EOS Worldwide. Um, Tyler is the president and visionary of Rocket Clicks, and Nicole is the integrator and VP. So, Tyler, Nicole, welcome to Tractionville. Thanks for having us, Chris. Uh, excited to be here. All right. So, we are, um, you know, we're approaching our 50th episode. And this is, uh, I've been looking forward to this episode because what you guys do is really cool and, and, and we, we love your support of EOS Worldwide. But I think let's just, if, you, if we could start there and either Nicole or Tyler, kind of tell us a little bit about Rocket Clicks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks, Chris. We're a, a hyper-focused digital marketing and advertising agency based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, today, we have almost 40 people servicing about 80 clients nationwide. Uh, but I think like a lot of listeners and businesses running on EOS, uh, we've had our own unique EOS journey as well. Oh, yeah? How, so, okay, I'm going to pause right there. <laughs> that sounds interesting. So tell us about that. Well, uh, and, and everyone that we talk to sort of has a similar journey where we, we read the book, we're interested in what's happening, and, we're, and we think, well, we can do this. This seems easy enough. Why don't we just go ahead and self-implement, and we'll figure it out as we go. And I'm assuming, like most businesses, it, it blew up in our face, and you know, we, we sort of mended the best practices to how we were doing things before and said, oh, we'll figure that out later. And um, and quickly realized that we needed help in a big way. And thankfully, we were introduced to John LaFonte, who's a great implementer out of Minnesota. He was kind enough to, to drive the six hours and come down and introduce us to what real EOS purity was, uh, help us through those, those big early days, uh, and really allow us to find some traction. Thankfully, we had Nicole, who's our incredible implementer, uh, along for the ride. When was that? How long ago was that? That one, Nicole, was 2014. 2014? Yeah. <laughs> and then 2015 is when we got serious. So, so Nicole, from, from your vantage point as the integrator uh, in, in self-implementing, what were some of the uh, barriers that you were experiencing? Yeah, um, I think a lot, like a lot of companies, as I've been speaking it within the U.S. community, it's it's the statement 
there can't be one solution for all companies because my company is very different than other companies. <laughs> we are very different. Um, and so I think it was once we realized that we are no different and the system works for every single company, all shapes and sizes, did we really indoctrinate into our, um, our company. The first time we tried also, we didn't have the right people in the right seats at the leadership team. And so when we met with John, John gave us some really tough truths. Um, and actually when John walked in, I said, I've already done all this work. We don't have to talk about values. We don't have to talk about vision. I already did this. So just use what I had. And, and he put me in my place and we made the right decision <laughs> <laughs> to reevaluate it as a whole and really identifying right people, right seat and making sure we're moving in the right direction was the most important. I think the most powerful thing that John did for us was he really empowered Nicole to own that integrator role. And it's not an easy role, I think, as all of us know. And um, as a hyperactive visionary, I wanted more control than I should have had, or I wanted to, to dip my hand in a lot of different buckets. And allowing her to run uh, with that role has, has been one of the biggest assets of Rocket Clicks on our AOS journey because it's, it's A, allowed me to get out of the way um, and, and really allow her to embrace that role. I think that VI pairing is one of the key ingredients in the secret sauce of, of EOS. So uh, I want to ask both of you the same question from, from opposite direction. What did understanding that relationship and your role actually unleash in you and what were some of the hard things or what are the hard things that you have to kind of remember like, oh, I have, I have a pair, for, I have a pairing for XYZ. Yeah. So whoever feels up for it, first. <laughs> this is, so I'm, I'm actually going to present on this in November at the female integrator uh, conference. Tyler and I are actually going to present on this together. Um, and it's all about uh, the power VI duo. Um, and one of the things that we feel so strongly about, we have a set of house rules. We have rules that him and I share. There are phrases we don't say. There are things that we make sure that we do or don't do. Um, and until we really declared them and committed that to each other, there was so much stepping on each other's toes. And so once we said, this is my box, and even if the box looks a little untraditional from the traditional EOS VI box, we've sure. made our own boxes and we're really living in it. And that's really where the power has been. Okay, will you let us under the covers and tell us your house rules? Oh man, we have a couple of them. I'll do a sneak peek so we don't want to give them all away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you know, one of the big ones is um, we, we often have the same page meeting before the meeting. So before big decisions are made with the leadership team, Tyler and I say make sure that we are on the same page going in because no one wants to see that that uh, relationship divided. Um, and then we've also have some no, we, we've identified our no, no phrases. So for me, it's always never, you always do types of things. And so Tyler knows, hey, there's some vocabulary words that he doesn't use. And for, for him, it's the word no, right? Hey, don't just tell me no right away. Let's talk about it. Let's make sure we're vetting it. So I think that that's been something we've really worked towards. I think also we've, we've instituted something fun that we do when making decisions. We, we tell each other we have a scale from, from one to 10 and how much we care about the decision being made. So for instance, I'll come to Nicole and say, hey, I think I wanna paint the walls in the office and I really want them to be this color. And I'm like an eight. You know, you're not allowed to use like eight to 10 every time you make a decision because yep. it, it doesn't weigh out. But then she knows, okay, Tyler's really passionate about this decision and if I'm not an eight, 
then if I'm a three, I'm going to tell him I'm a three and let him run. And mm -hmm. same goes for Nicole. Hey, I really want to hire this person. And I think that they're going to be incredible. And, and I'm an eight or a nine on this, you know, and I, I let her run. So staying in our lanes is extremely important, but also having that ability to have transparent, open conversations with sort of that leverage of the scale really helps us communicate and make decisions quickly. You don't need anyone's permission to change the world. At Roundtable Companies, we'll work together to discover your most compelling story for a book, film, or brand. Come to our table and tell your tale. We'll listen, and together we'll discover the story that needs to be told to create your greatest impact. Their clients say it all. Dr. Danny McVetty, founder and CEO of Lap of Love, said, RTC has made my lifelong dream of writing a book easier and more imaginative than I would have thought possible. I had no idea where or how to start, but with RTC, all I had to do was talk. They take my ideas, organize them, put color to my stories, and make them into a compilation that I'm incredibly proud of. This process has quite literally been a dream come true. Start telling your story today. Visit roundtablecompanies.com for more information. That's so good because often it's like it, the choice, if you don't do that, the choices are to have an opinion or not. And we, you know, if you're leading, you have an opinion. Most people that so I know that are leaders. Devil's advocate too, right? Yeah. Like, well, I'm going to take the opposite approach just because. Yes. Yeah. So that's great that you can kind of do that and use all of leverage, all of your gifting and thinking, but say, but at the end of the day, I'm a two. Right. <laughs> right. I love that. So, so I'm curious, Tyler, um, as the visionary, you know, you talked about, Nicole talked about once you established, like, you know, you got the boxes set up and then you have these fun rules that you have between one another. One of the hardest things to do, you know, for a founder visionary is they can say, oh yeah, we're going to do this, but then they really don't let go. So my question, Tyler, isn't for you. It's for Nicole. Nicole. How has that transition gone, like with Tyler, like, like, because it's hard to let go, right? And as a visionary, especially when it's your baby, what do you think? Why, why is it working for Tyler? Why is he able to get out of the way? I'm gonna say one word: vulnerable. So, him and when we start to feel the control or power, we, instead of saying, stop doing that, we say, why are we doing that? Why is it? And so very often what happens is, I'm fearful that this is going to come off unprofessional or I'm a fearful about accountability. And so all of a sudden we get to dig into why the power struggle is. And in the last two, three years, that's something that Tyler and I have worked really hard on is just being vulnerable with each other and getting it on the table. We call it, pardon the language, shitty first draft. So we share, yeah. hey, can I share my SFD with you? And he, and so we just say whatever's on our heart, even if it's illogical and unreasonable, it's out there so that we can say, okay, how do we work around that? And how do we make sure it doesn't happen? I don't know if all visionaries are like this, but I have trouble um, developing my thoughts in my head and creating a clear statement. I need to usually talk through my ideas. Right. And early on, I would be talking through an idea and, and Nicole would be like, is that a directive? Is that an order? Wait, you're talking about this and then you're talking about that. Um, so, her allowing me to have that vulnerability and giving me the space to work through ideas together 
uh, has built a lot of trust in our relationship and it's allowed us to just understand each other on a, on a deeper level, which yeah. has led to, to great success there. I had to learn, I'm, I'm married to an extroverted thinker. And so I, I learned that the hard way too, is when my wife, Erica comes to me and has, uh, she starts talking, she might be at a and then b and then d f q z t i've got to figure out i've i've got to be patient until she lands on something and not start forming opinions or uh, you know do i like this or do not i not like this because it could be 180 by the time she stops talking mm-hmm. uh, so asking some good questions so i don't know that that's a visionary thing i think that there are extroverted thinkers um and to know that to know you guys it's beautiful to even I can see you on the screen right now and and you guys, even you can see your chemistry just coming through on a zoom call. Right. But the, um, to know the other person well enough to know that about them is, is so powerful. I think that, um, there's been a theme lately in a lot of our conversations that has been around EQ. It just keeps coming up. Um, and the more senior, the more experienced, the more thought leader type people that come on here, it's like, well, really it's about empathy. Really it's about, taking time to sit down and really understand the person. It's like, we just want to grind, right? We just want to go, go, go. And, and to put on the brakes and have a conversation feels like a waste of time or we're missing something. And so you guys, you guys um, kudos to you. It, it certainly hasn't been easy, but we have found that, listen, we work together for 10 hours every single day for normally like six days a week. So if we're going to spend this much time with each other and run this business that we're extremely proud of, we damn well better work on this relationship and make it functional. And so it certainly hasn't all been roses, but being able to focus and understand each other and, and you know, we've done every personality assessment that's available to, to continue to work on that and, and understand each other, uh, it's, it's yielded great results. So why not continue down that road? That's so great. I want to transition to, to rocket clicks for a minute, because I think, um, you know, in the, the age of digital and the age of agency, it's one of those terms that almost doesn't mean anything anymore because everybody has a different flavor of it. So will you dig in to, and tell us, like, what is it that you actually do? <laughs> Who do you do it for? And, and why this business? Like, what are you about? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that opportunity. I think you're right. There's a million and one digital advertising agencies out there that, that say they do what we do and say they do a lot of different things. And when, when we think about our business, it, it was absolutely purpose-built. We wanted to stay hyper-focused. We wanted to do a few things really well. We didn't want to be the all-in-one web development, branding, PR, email. We said, let's do something that that can break the mold. And we decided on on two large elements of digital marketing, the advertising side of things. So when you're on Facebook or Instagram or Google or Bing and you see the ads, you know, we absolutely do that. We help our businesses or our partners increase their visibility online and grow their business, whether that's through more leads, uh, through more sales of their, you know, e-commerce items, um, and then the other side of the, the fence is if we're going to think about the top of the funnel, bringing people to websites, we should also make sure that those websites do what we want them to do when people get there. So we help optimize websites, help them create 
a clarity and relevance and authority so that when someone does land on the website, they do what we, we hope that they'll do. They'll buy something, they'll fill out a form, they'll make a phone call. Um, the beauty of our agency and the, the two sort of pillars that I was talking about is everything is measurable. We're no longer talking about people driving on a highway, looking at a billboard, or the number of eyes that could potentially see a TV commercial. We can literally measure every single penny that is spent through the work that we do and the return on that investment. And even the, the manufacturing listeners that are on today and, and saying, oh, well, my sales cycle is really long and I have you know 97 different steps in my sales process, great. Let's have a conversation and understand what a lead is worth and what a customer is worth and what a lifetime value of that customer is worth. And then we can work all that math backwards to understand what we want to spend in advertising to go drive those leads. And I think another piece, one, one thing we hear a lot about is my business is all referral. Digital, people don't find me online. They don't buy my product or service online. One of the things that we really challenge is shift your perspective. So even though they may not be making that final purchase or decision online, when they hear your name or are referred by someone, what is the first thing they're going to do? They're going to Google you. They're going to look for your website. And if your site does not have that social proof and that trust and that authority, and or if they can't even be found by Google, then what is that going to say about their ability to do their research and due diligence, which people are doing? Yeah, that's right. So who makes a good client? Who, who are you looking for to add to your uh, roster of partners? Nicole, I'll let you take that right off our VTO. <laughs> um, our ideal, um, you know, our target is uh, businesses. We do our best when they have data, right? When it's not just a branding play, but they're lead gen um, or e-commerce. Um, they're really, we have clients of all different sizes from the 3 million to 30 million, right? So there's not really a specific revenue target. Um, but what we do know is that we, we, partner best with clients that see value in partnership and digital marketing. They understand that it's an investment, um, but, and, and they hold us accountable as if they allow us to really have a seat at their marketing table. That's really what we have seen. Those people that open up their data to us or um, work with us, tell us about the strategies internally and truly partner with us. Those are our ideal target. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, we're a marketing firm, right? Like we're responsible for helping clients grow their business, but we're, but there's a really clear distinction. We're also not a life raft. If you come to us and you say, I have my last $5,000 and this is it. And if this doesn't work, I'm going to go under abandon ship. Like we're not yeah. the answer. Save your five grand. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so uh, that, that leads but, to, you guys have a resource, I believe for uh, some tips for Tractionville out there. If they're thinking about an agency or vetting an agency Take us there. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things, as we've like really deepened uh, our relationships in the U.S. community, we have seen consistently digital marketing is on everybody's issues list. You know, whether they're doing it and they're not getting everything they need out of it, or they haven't really started and they know they need to. And what we realized is EOS wasn't built, was built to provide clarity within an organization, not develop specific strategies. It wasn't built to get in the weeds, but somebody needs to. And making sure that you're partnering with that expertise, um, that we can make sure that alignment to go really deep across the company. Yeah. 
um, and which I think is really powerful. And so one of the things Tyler and I did in preparation for this is what, what are ways that we can help the Tractionville listener right now and ensure that they don't make the mistakes that we've seen happen a lot over the last 12 years. So we have three biggest mistakes we've seen with people as they've explored their digital marketing and how, and how they can avoid them. All right, so one of the first things that we hear a lot um, is going with the cheapest solution. Um, it's, and it's twofold, either the cheapest solution or the biggest agency. Uh, well, I need to go with someone who has a lot of clients um, or I need to go with somebody who has a few. More often than not, when you're working with a really huge agency or the cheapest agency, you lose all leverage to demand the right communication, the right reporting, the right meeting pulse. Very often when it's the cheapest solution, it's very cookie cutter and they're reusing that same exact strategy over and over, or really you're just a number to them. And so that's one of the things we always say is we want to stay small. We not boutique. We want to stay really customized and tailored because we know that's how we see big results with our clients. Yeah. At the end of the day, we've, we've built rocket clicks with the idea that we want to maintain an extremely low client to analyst ratio. Uh, before I was talking about how we have almost 40 people, we manage about 80 client relationships nationwide. So our client analyst ratio is, is insanely low and that allows us to go deep into our client relationships. Like Nicole was saying, to, to truly have a seat at their marketing table, to be involved in their marketing L10s and understand their business in a way that either really large agencies couldn't or uh, smaller agencies with thousands of clients uh, they just simply don't have the time to. So uh, our growth is built on on that idea as opposed to just scaling and, and having thousands of clients. That's good. All right. I'm anxious. What's number two? All right. Number two. Um, we've been getting this a ton lately. And actually, actually, as we've been talking to implementers, they've been saying this has been coming up. People want industry-specific agencies. Mm -hmm. So they want someone that just focuses on their space, um, which honestly, I understand why, right? They think, oh, well, do you have experience in my industry? So that a proven track record. But we, Rocket Cooks wants to give an alternative view. Comfort leads to complacency. So if somebody just knows what works and they're going to check the box, they're going to take your account, they're going to cram it into a cookie cutter solution because that's how you do law or manufacturing. Um, but really, diversity of client book leads to innovation. And we have seen this over and over. So we as Rocket Clicks, we don't have one specialty industry. Uh, and what we're finding is we have found strategies that we use in travel that works in manufacturing. And so we were able to repurpose and re-envision it and re refocus it, which has been really powerful that you wouldn't get from somebody that just does very siloed industry-specific management. As opposed to specializing in an industry, we've chosen to, to specialize in the tools, to specialize in the strategies that allow us to aggregate those across industries. All right, that's good. All right, number three. Number three, and we, we touched on this a little bit before when, when Tyler was speaking, but assuming all in one is better. Uh, busy business owners, uh, they just want to say, oh gosh, just have them do everything from design to development to website. And what we've actually seen in, in our experience is no one is great at everything. So when an agency is too holistic and they, they focus on too many things, uh, we often see that their digital arm is the least prioritized. So they don't invest in talent or time. Um, and so they have these big branding PR campaigns that focus on TV and commercial and any extra money can go to digital. 
when really there is massive potential. Um, and so what we often see is the strategy of their customers suffer because they're they don't have a very specific one. Now, needs, but what's important is that you also find a partner that has partners because you're right. You don't want to have to manage nine different vendors, but when you're selecting that agency to really push your digital, the key is not breadth, it's expertise. Focus matters, right? It's easy to sell in uh, additional like add-on items, especially if you just built a website, of course, why not? We'll do SEO as well. Uh, the, the problem with that is most of the time designers are great at making things pretty, but don't necessarily think about how that's going to affect the algorithm that is Google or Bing or Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really loved it. Nicole, when you said comfort leads to complacency, because that's so true, right? I mean, that you can apply that pretty much anywhere in life, right? The minute we get complacent, we get comfortable and we really just stop growing. You know, um, that's awesome. I love that. So tell me, so you, so you guys started self-implementing in 2014. Fast forward. We're already at the turn, which I can't believe in 2020. Uh, what's in your future, your immediate future? Like what's around the corner for RocketClix? Yeah, it's great. Obviously 2020 has been an interesting year and it's, it's forced us to look internally about who we are and what matters. And what we found is that culture is paramount whether it's remote or it's in person, you know, in the office, uh, giving our team the ability to uh, thrive in uncertain times has been extremely important. And, and obviously it hasn't been easy and we've, we've had to, to navigate these waters, but at the end of the day, we're in the client service business and we can't do any of that without our team. So our team is, is our greatest asset. And, and I see that continuing to grow. I see our team continuing to, to grow and allowing us to, uh, to service more clients. But like I was talking about earlier, we don't want to be the biggest agency in the land. We don't want a thousand clients. We want to continue to thrive on long-term relationships. Retention is the name of the game for us. And so allowing us to continue to add value to, to great clients um, is where we're at. But I think the the immediate future is, is continuing to dive into the EOS community. Uh, Nicole has taken on the, the marketing for FIM, for the Female Integrator Mastermind. We are loving the, the EOS conference, even virtual this year was a blast. Uh, we actually just committed to three more years of the, the EOS conference. So being able to work with, with EOS companies, uh, to me, is our next growth strategy because we talk the same language, we can be in their L10s um, and, and really take their businesses to the next level. And one of the things we're seeing specific to the OS community, when this dust has settled a little bit, the, the clients that we're seeing that are powerful and strong and innovating are our EOS customers, are our clients. And so these partners are sticking with their L10s. They, they've shifted and adjusted their scorecard metrics. So they're looking at the right number, short-term and long-term. And we said, gosh, how empowering to have a agency partner that loves EOS just as much as they do. And when we come together, we actually have marketing L10s that with the, in, in, the, in the framework that it's supposed to be done. And, and we've seen such power partnering with them. 
Totally agree with that. You guys, as we wrap today, I want to ask an open-ended question. I'm going to let you both both have a shot at this and at bat, but leave us with one, your wisdom, your encouragement. You know, you've got the full attention of Tractionville out there. These are, these are your people. What's one thing that's on your heart that you'd want to leave with them today? For me, it is, it's gratitude. Uh, like, like we were talking about, these are not easy times and your team's ability to continue to work um, and get things done and be a part of your business while they're dealing with everything else that's happening in the world is, is a very big ask. And making sure that, that your team and your company uh, feels that gratitude from you as the visionary and integrator, I think is exponentially important. Mm-hmm. Nicole? Uh, yeah, something that I'm really passionate about is just heart-based leadership. So making sure it's easy right now to point fingers and place blame and get angry and be scared. Um, What we've seen in our leadership team, the more we've come together and wrapped our arms around each other and really just have been honest and vulnerable and direct and have the tough conversations and be as transparent as possible, all of a sudden we see exponential buy-in and people committing to EOS and to rocket clicks. So just keep, keep having those conversations with your team. I loved having you today. Where can people find out more about you and rocket clicks well believe it or not we're everywhere digitally that's, that's <laughs> who we are but we'd love for anyone to to come visit our website uh rocketclicks.com if you mention this podcast uh, we're actually giving away a free audit of your ad campaigns or your website um so let us know that, that you listen let us know that you're an eos company and uh, we'd love to help you out heck yeah let's go tractionville hit up rocketclicks.com uh while you're while you're online hit up tractionville.com leave us a note let us know how we're doing what you'd like to hear about rate us on itunes and we'll see you next week for tractionville tuesday